Let's give God some praise. Pastor Dave, I talked to my elders this week. Of course, D was uh, work, but I uh, had Pastor Ted and Pastor Dave uh, out for lunch going over some of the, some of these things, and uh, he said, just don't go buying school buses yet. <laughs> he said, wait till we got enough people to bring them in, <laughs> and then we'll buy the school buses, right, sir? Hey, let's go ahead and jump into this. I want to finish today of this series on forgiveness. Um, I will say this, you will be hearing more from uh, Zach over the next uh, few weeks, so that'll be good. Um, we'll give you a microphone that don't have a dead battery. I didn't realize that one was dead, but I thought his voice was big enough, we didn't need it. Um, <laughs> but uh, we want to end this series on forgiveness, and let's start out in Colossians chapter three, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, he says here, bear with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against anyone, even as Christ forgave you, so must you, you must do. In other words, he says, it's the way you've been forgiven. You know, we, we, we go through life and we think the Bible doesn't have, it speaks about almost everything in your daily life even if you have a quarrel against somebody. He said, and what did he say to do? He said, forgive as Christ forgave you, so you must also, verse 14. And above all these things, embrace love, which is the bond of maturity, perfection. Let's remind ourselves of the definition real quick. Forgiveness means to pardon. It means to remit as an offense or a debt to overlook an offense, to treat, ah, uh, hang on, white knuckle your seat here. Forgiveness means to treat the offender as not guilty. After all, that's what Jesus did for us, doesn't he? He treats us as if we never did anything. Why? Because he wipes it away. So if we're really gonna forgive, now again, that doesn't mean the relationship will be the same. Some relationships, once fractured, can't be put back together, okay? But that doesn't mean you can't forgive them. That doesn't mean you can't walk in utter forgiveness, and when you see them, you can still treat them as the not guilty. Now, I have had all kinds, I told, I told uh, Pastor Ted, Pastor Dave t this week, I said, I had no idea this series was going to be as impactful as it has been to a lot of people. I have gotten every comment, every question I could ever imagine that is given to me. Listen, um, can, Renee, can I just share what you shared with me Wednesday? She was talking about forgiveness and talking about this, said she was going into a place where with someone that she had to forgive. And she's like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna do, but she walked it out. But she said when she got there, Holy Spirit gave her a vision that the room got real small and this big creature thing was running at her full force. But when it got to her, it had to stop and it couldn't get her. And Holy Spirit reminded her that forgiveness is stopping this thing from coming against you. Forgiveness. See, you, we don't understand the, is that about right, Renee? Close enough. <laughs> 
We don't understand the power of forgiveness in our life. We don't understand how important it is for us to walk in forgiveness. But here's the thing. Here's the things that I want to clarify that we've brought out over the last few weeks, but sometimes we miss. First, forgiveness is not approval of what the offender did. Forgiveness is not approval. You know, when, when, the, when the woman was caught in adultery, Jesus, when he forgave her, he didn't approve of what she did. Matter of fact, he told her to what? Go and sin no more. He said, look, don't do it again. But when, when we walk in forgiveness, it's not an approval of what that person did. And we need to understand that. You're, we're not asking you, and God is not asking us to forgive them, and, and that means I approve of what they did. We can approve without, forgive, with, without uh, 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 accepting what they did. Second thing, forgiveness is not justifying what they did. God will never call us to do something that we can't do. And let me tell you, he'll never call something that's right wrong, and he'll never call something that's wrong right. So it's, he doesn't, forgiveness doesn't justify the lifestyle. Forgiveness doesn't justify all the bad, John. Forgiveness treats me as not guilty, but it still expects change out of me. When God forgave me, he still expected some change in me. Um, but, but secondly, forgiveness is not justifying what they've done. Thirdly, Forgiveness is not denying what happened. We talked about this a bit last week, I think, or week before. It's not just like, oh, it didn't hurt. It wasn't that bad. No, it hurt. It sucked. It's bad, right? But does it mean that we can't still forgive? So forgiveness is not denying that it happened to us. You know, and, and, and some people, folks, they have a numerous amount of reasons to live in denial, okay? Uh, forgiveness is not one of them. So one, understand, for you to walk in forgiveness, God is not asking you to justify what the person done. He's not asking you to give approval of what they've done. He's not asking you even uh, 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 to deny what they've done, but he's asking you to let go of the pain and the chains that you've been holding on to. Remember when we talked about the man who was forgiven of, of, of all the talents and he, he uh, begged, begged the king, just give me some time and I'll get you. And the king said, because of our relationship, I'll forgive all your debt. And he walks outside and he sees a guy that come by and owes him five bucks. He grabs him by the neck, starts choking him out on the street demanding that he wanted him to, to pay. Now he had just been forgiven so much. And now he's choking this guy out over five bucks. And he said he demanded the guy be thrown in prison. So they threw the guy in prison. Well, when the king heard about this, he called him in. He said, didn't I forgive you everything? He said, now I want, you're gonna be thrown into prison. It's in the same prison. You end up in the same bondage that person is. When we walk in unforgiveness, you end up in this same bondage that, that those people are still in. You're not free. 
Unforgiveness is not free. Well, if I'm free because I don't have to talk to them no more. I don't have to look at them no more. And you know, that may be the case just because of life. But that should never be our attitude. So one, approval is not accepting what they did. Approval is not uh, 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 denying what they did. True forgiveness will only come when we face reality, folks. Four, forgiveness is not, well, you need to forgive and forget. That's garbage. That's garbage. That's, say it with me, that's garbage. Why? I'm not God yet. (laughs) I'm still human. I'm still hanging on. I can't forget. I got scars on my body right now. I got a big scar on my shin. I told you, my life as a kid. My, 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 my dad and my uncle drove a church bus. And mom said, don't play on the bus. That didn't mean nothing to me. Uh, so I'm out there, I'm climbing on the bus. I fell off that bus. And I cut my, my shin bone on a piece of metal. And I looked down and my legs laid open and there's the bone. I'm like, that ain't good. (laughs) So I go to the hospital like so many times before and I get stitches. You know, I remember what happened to me. That scar reminds me that hurt. But you know what? I can't tell you how bad it hurt because I don't remember it anymore. Scars will remind you that there was a hurt there, but when you finally let something scar, it doesn't hurt anymore. We can't, we've got, see, what we have to do, if we're going to walk in true forgiveness, you're not going to forget it, but you have to let it scar. You have to get past the, 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 the shock of it. Forgiveness, even though it's something we do, and it's a painful experience, but forgiveness, folks, does not erase your memory. See, we've got this idea, you know, when God forgave me, he, he, the Bible says he remembers my sin no more. But I'm not that good yet. I'm trying to get there, I promise I am. So I remember the hurts. So what I want you to understand is you can forgive. Nobody's asking you for, to have your memories erased. You're still gonna remember it. But we have to move to the point where it's not hurting. Fifth Fifth thing, forgiveness is not pretending. It's not pretending. It's not like, okay, pastor says it. Pastor said, I have to pretend. No, you don't have to pretend. You have to really find a place inside of you to where you forgive whatever deed did to you and it's not hurting anymore. And it, it's not so... When I see her coming to Walmart, I don't want to go, what do I need three hours over? She hasn't said, she hasn't, don't, don't tell me you haven't done it. She hasn't seen me yet. And you ever notice when, when that comes and you want to get down the aisle, you've got the squeakiest wheel in the building? Soon as you turn that thing, (laughs) 
See, when I'm walking in forgiveness, I'm going to not pretend. I don't have to pretend anymore. I can honestly look at her and say, yeah, it hurt. Yeah, I still remember. She may not. But I, but I can say, you know what, God? I still want the best for her. And I'm going to treat her. I'm not going to pretend I'm not hurt. Nobody's asking you to pretend this didn't hurt. Nobody's asking you to pretend that this wasn't the most excruciating, painful thing you ever went through in your life. It was. Admit it. It's, it's okay. But forgiveness means I can still let that go. Not for their sake. Not for her sake. For mine. Because, you know, this thing is probably not keeping her up at night. It's probably keeping me wide awake. See, I'm going to forgive not for her sake. I'm going to forgive for my sake. I'm going to forgive for Jesus' sake. We looked at it last week. After all, Christ forgave us. God forgave us for Christ's sake, for his own pleasure. And so as we go through these things and as we live out this thing, we have to remember these five things that what forgiveness is not. Sometimes before you get to the point where you remember what forgiveness, what something is, you have to remember what it's not. So forgiveness is not denial. It's not forgetting what happened. It's not okay, being okay with what happened. It's actually a place that you can get. So let me ask you something. You ever known anybody that's been offended? Have you ever been offended? You big baby. No. <laughs> Here's the problem, guys. I truly believe that offense is not one of, if not the biggest things that stops us from flowing in forgiveness. That offense is one of the biggest things that stops the flow of forgiveness in our life. And let me tell you, we live in an outrage culture. Somebody's always mad about something. Somebody's always upset. Somebody's always offended. Well, they didn't text me back. I'm offended. You wouldn't believe what they put on Facebook. I'm offended. Hey, how about getting on Facebook? It don't matter. You don't have to have it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I got one thumbs up back there. Well, they didn't follow me on Facebook, so I'm offended. Well, they didn't comment on my pity post. Nobody in here has ever put a pity post up, right? It's like being broken, finding the most wealthy person in the church. Make sure you stand beside them to pray, Lord, I have a big need here. It's pity posts, you know? And in the culture we live in where people are offended all the time, folks, living in offense is going to keep us from living outside of real intimacy and real relationships. And if you're a person who's easily offended, look around, you probably don't have close relationships. Even in your family, why? Because you're offended. Because mom said this, dad said that, brother, sister said this. Living in offense is going to keep us from living, is going to keep us living on the outside of true intimacy. Folks, 
I heard the words this week. Your life is too short and your calling is too great to live offended. Life is too short and your calling is too great for you and I to live offended. So guess what we're going to talk about today? Offense. <laughs> should, have been, should have been obvious by now. But. So let's, look, let's define the offense real quick. The word offense is displeasure. It's anger. It's or moderate anger. It's scandal. It's a cause of stumbling. When you're offended, you are causing yourself to stumble. Try that over here. When you're offended, you're causing yourself to stumble. No, I'm not. You caused me to stumble. No, I didn't. You don't have to be offended all the time. Offense is a choice. Oh, come with me. Being offended is a choice. You don't have to be offended. Well, doesn't that offend you what they said? No, not really. Why? Because I really don't care. Oh, come on. Offense is, stum- is a stumbling block. Nobody's causing you to stumble but you because nobody can offend you unless you give them permission to. Oh, yeah, it's easy to get offended, I know. But I believe God's calling us to be a little bit more mature than that. I believe God is looking for people who are going to rise above offense and not let everything that is said, I was gonna say ruffle your feathers, but then have you ever rubbed a cat's fur the wrong way? Man, they don't like that. God is looking for people who's going to rise above always feeling like their fur's been rubbed the wrong way. But the thing about it is, are we going to allow ourselves to be mature enough to do it? Offense is a trap. Offense is a trap. But you want to know what else offense is? Hang on, you ready? Well, God's asking me to do the impossible. No, he's not. Offense not only is a stumbling block to you, not only is offense a trap, offense is inevitable. (laughs) It's inevitable. Something, somebody, somewhere is going to offend you. It's your maturity level after that. Because everybody gets offended. It hits us like... You got you to gotta figure out what you do with it when it comes. Go to Luke 17. Luke 17. If we're going to truly walk in forgiveness, I believe we've got to overcome being offended. Well, the Bible don't, talks about be, don't talk about being offended. You'll be surprised. Offense. Luke 17, 1. Then he said to his disciples, it is impossible that no offense should come. It's impossible that no offense should come. So one guarantee in this world, straight from Jesus' mouth, is you're going to be offended at some point. The word offense there is the word scandalon. It's where we get the word scandal. 
he says, it is, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom they come. So think about that before you decide to do your next rant and rage. It's impossible that no offense should come, but woe to them through who offense comes. Well, people just need to grow up. I got a right to say whatever I want to say. Yep, you do. You got 100%. Dude, you got 100 You can say whatever you want to say, but just because you can doesn't mean you should. Are you with me? Back that up, Bob. Then he said to his disciples, it, impos- it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to them through whom it comes. So God is not only calling you to not be so offended, hey, he's calling you to not be so offensive too. They got it. Let's come over here. God is not only calling you not to be so offended, but he's calling you not to be so offensive. Imagine if believers would get a hold of this, what Facebook would look like then. (laughs) It is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to him through whom it comes. So one, he's saying, don't be offended. Then he's saying, don't be so offensive. So the word offense there, like I said, it's scandalon, which means it's where we get the word scandal. It means it's a trap or a snare. So when you're offended, you need to all of a sudden look, say, okay, there's a trap in front of me. I'm offended, this is a trap. We don't take time to think that, oh, this is a trap. We jump right in, cannonball. Man, we're like, jump in, let's fight, let's go, man. That's just who I am. You messed with the wrong one this time. Nobody's gonna push me around. It's a trap. It's a trap. When the first time, it's gonna happen. Jesus said offense is going to happen. This mic's bugging me to death. It's going to happen, but it's a trap. So are you going, do you all know what, <laughs> before I get into that, it's an occasion to fall. Ooh, me being offended is an occasion to fall. It's offense, it's a thing that offends, a stumbling block. Mike Murdoch said this, anybody ever heard Mike Murdoch? Some of you young ones probably don't. Mike Murdoch said, when God wants to bless you, he puts people in your life. When the enemy wants to curse you, he puts people in your life. He puts a person in your life. They can be one and the same, a blessing and a curse. So that means there's a trap that comes there. And the key to remember is who set the trap? What would happen? Lana, I wonder what would really happen if we as believers would come to that place of perfection, that place of maturity where we chose not to be offended. I tell you what, you wanna get, you wanna, you wanna get one, one way to get past being offended? Turn the news off for a while. Amen. Try that over here, that got real quiet on that side. 
turn it off. That's the most offensive thing I've ever seen in the last 10 years. It's offensive and it's a trap. It's a chance for me to stumble. And what do I do? Take the bait. Remember, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That, but that's who we get offended at, flesh and blood. Emily offended me. So now I'm offended at her. Rather than realize the enemy just caused something to happen, she may not even know she offended me. And now the enemy has set a trap out for here and he said, okay, you gonna take the bait? See, I think, I think I'm offended at her. I'm not offended at her. I've really fell into a trap of my own soul. I fell into a trap of my own spirit. And so we stumble and we tumble and we can't offer forgiveness when we're trapped under offense. A trap is not dangerous if it's never stepped in. Come on. A mouse doesn't care about a mouse trap until he sticks his head in there. But it's always baited with something good. It's always baited with this feeling of vengeance and this feeling of, ooh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nail Jody to the wall with this one. <laughs> There's a bait and it looks good and it's tempting. But God said, it's impossible that fence not to come, but woe to him to whom it, through whom it comes. So I can either take the bait and then become offensive and bring the woe on myself, or I can just say, eh, you know what, I'm just not going to fall for it. My goodness, can you imagine if mature believers would just quit falling for it? Folks, this is hard. What are some things we're offended by? Insults, attack, division, separation, broken relationships, betrayal, disrespect for me. It's a trap, man. It's a trap. Oh, that's a trap. So we're, we, all these things are set. And, 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 but what do they produce in us? What do these traps produce in us? Hurt, anger, outrage, jealousy, resentment, bitterness, hatred. So now, I fell into the trap, and all of a sudden, out of me, that trap is starting to produce hurt. Now I'm operating from a place of hurt. And we all have heard the old adage, hurt people, hurt people. So I'm operating from a place of hurt. I'm operating from a place, they're just so angry. You're an angry elf. I hate that movie. I hate it. You're angry. See, and all of a sudden, when anger, it becomes my motivation. When anger becomes, I know I'm offended and I jumped into that trap. I can't blame anybody. I can't blame Rachel for what she said to me. I can't blame Tabitha for how she did me. You, the, yeah, you said it. Yeah, you did it. I'm not, accuse, I'm not excusing that. And I'm not saying what they said or did was right. What I am saying is I don't have to jump in the trap. And if I don't jump in the trap, then it won't produce bitterness in me. And if I don't jump in the trap, it don't put hurt in me or jealousy in me or resentment in me or strife in me. Some of us could even quit. So, we're tempted. These are the things we get offended by. This is what it starts to 
produce inside of us, and then what do we do? We, in turn, start producing something else. Woe through whom offense comes. So what are some things that we produce? Insults, attacks, wounding, division. Fine. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to tell Jody everything that Rachel and Tabitha did. I'm going to get her on my side. And then we're going to go over here and we're going to get uh, Kathy. And, 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 and now it's three against two. Last time I checked in the word in Proverbs, he says, one of the things that he hates is one who sows discord among the brothers. So what do I produce? I produce division, separation. I start producing broken relationships. I start producing betrayal all because I fell into a trap that I did not have to fall into. But I'm so emotionally driven. Not driven by my spirit. I'm so emotionally driven that I just get offended. Go to Psalms 55. You, are you with me this morning? I know this, this, this whole series has been tough on us. That's why it's called meat. Meat stuff that's hard to chew. Proverbs 55, Psalms, not Proverbs. Psalm 55, verse 12. For it is not an enemy who reproaches me, for then I could bear it. Nor is it one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me. Then I could hide from him. But it was you, my peer. Isn't it always the one? Why do you think it had to be Judas to betray Jesus? Nobody else would have got that close. It was a friend. Do you, you, you all do realize that Jesus is God, right? He knew what Judas was going to do from the time he called him to be a disciple. He sat and had meals with him and drank with him. Well, I bet he kept him at arm's reach. Yeah, he kept him at his arm's reach so far. He said, here, Judas, how about you be in control of my money? Now, let me tell you, you're close to somebody, you let them control your money. He said, here, just control it all. Judas was stealing from him. Jesus still walked on. See, you talk about not being offended. Let me tell you, if anybody had the right to be offended hanging on the cross... Jesus looks out and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Folks, we can do better. He says, it was you, my peer, my God, my acquaintance. We took pleasant counsel together and walked in the house of God, walked to the house of God in company, made death surprise them, and made their lives go down to Sheol for wickedness is in their dwellings and among them. As for me, I'll call on the name of the Lord. The Lord will save me. Evening and morning and at noon, I will make my complaint and murmur and he will hear my voice. He has ransomed my life in peace from the battle against me. For there were many against me. He said, it would, it's, isn't, it, isn't it funny that our families are the ones that hurt us the deepest. And even our church family. 
But what if we chose not to jump in the trap? What if we were like the mice that look at that and go, <laughs> I remember what happened to Jerry. We, we ain't going there. What if we didn't take the bait? How close to perfection, to maturity, would that move us? And what if we decided we weren't going to be offensive, that it became our goal to not offend? Well, then I can never speak my mind. That's not true. Sometimes it, you can still say the same thing, but how about change the way you say it? How about change the hatefulness in your voice? Ah. Tell your face. Fine. Jesus said nothing, it's impossible for offense not to come. It's impossible to not be offended, but woe to him through whom it comes. So don't be offensive. Don't be so offended. But what if I'm already offended? What if I'm sitting in here right now and I'm dealing with offense? Well, let's talk about overcoming offense. First, be, this is simple. We just talked about it. Be aware of the trap. Realize it's a trap. It's not hard. The moment it made you go, oh, oh, oh wait, 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 wait. But we're not. We're so emotionally driven, we don't let our spirit drive. And when we don't let our spirit drive, we jump into traps. Well, so first thing we need to do, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to read 23, 24 in the first part of 25. It's how to overcome offense is you've got to be aware it's a trap. But avoid foolish and unlearned debates. Just letting that sink in. This is, you ever gotten an argument and, thought, and then thought back, this is the dumbest thing. Why in God's name are we, are, this is stupid. Well, here's the key, John. Avoid stupid debates. It's arguments. But avoid foolish and unlearned debates knowing that they cause strife. Woe to him through whom offense comes. What if they offend me? What if you offend them? Come on. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Got to read these slow. Because I, th I think sometimes, Zach, we don't realize this stuff's in the Bible. The servant of the Lord must... Well, then you're just going to get ran over all your life. No, you don't have to get ran over. I don't have to argue with you for me to still believe what I believe. I don't have to argue with you. Come on. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel. That's, hey, Brenda, that's not a suggestion there, dear. The servant of the Lord must not quarrel. But must be gentle to who? Able to teach, patient, in gentleness, instructing those in opposition. So if they, they oppose my viewpoint, that's okay. But it tells me how I'm to deal with them. In gentleness and in patience. Patience. 
not quarrel with them, not argue with them, not get into some crazy debate. That's a trap. First thing you need to ask yourself, especially if it's somebody that's close to you, is it worth the relationship? So that's, a, that's a question sometimes we never ask ourselves, whoa, 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 is this really worth this relationship? And then we have to ask, is it worth the hurt to me or to them? Sometimes we never take the time. And no matter what the scenario is, you can divide all offended people into two major categories. Those who have been offended. You ready for the second one? Those who believe <laughs> that they've been offended. You got the ones who's really been offended and the ones who think, and we said, I don't understand what I did. It wasn't an offensive thing, what I said to them, but they believe it was. In their own mind, why? Because they were ready to jump into that trap. Those who have been offended and been treated unjustly and those who believe they've been treated unjustly. How many of you know what you believe is sometimes not always reality? Mm. So offense comes when we become angry or displeased with what someone has said or done. How do I avoid this? I first have to realize it's a trap. Second thing you need to do is you need to stay in control. And before you think that means stay in control, you control the narrative, you control the conversation. No, you stay in control of yourself. You need to control yourself. Quit trying to control everybody else. Yeah, but they believe wrong. Okay, they're dumb. <laughs> they don't think like I do. That's okay. In patience and gentleness instruct them. But they're wrong. Impatience and gentleness instruct them. Avoid dumb quarrels. Quarrel with no man. Stay in control of yourself. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse nine. I hope you're getting something out of this. It is so easy when we're offended to fly off the handle and lose it. But that's not a fruit of the Spirit. Somewhere I remember the fruit of the Spirit was long-suffering. Gone. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. Do not be quick in your spirit to be angry, for irritation settles in the bosom of fools. Do not be quick. Don't just fly off the handle. Control yourself. You know, what this, you know what this is called? Work. Because some of us need to work on it, Kevin. He said, do not be quick to, in your spirit to be angry. I love this translation. It's good. But I really love how the message puts it. The message says, don't be quick to fly off the handle anger boomerangs, you can spot a fool by the lumps on his head. <laughs> Don't be quick to fly off the handle. Anger boomerangs. 
You can, no, well, they don't have a lot of lumps. Look at their life. Their life is full of lumps. Why? Because they can't control their anger. They fall into the trap every time. And even hearing this message right now brings up some of that. Because nobody likes to pull the rug back and see what we've swept under it for the last 40 years. Breathe. Don't be quick to fly off tongue. Go to Proverbs chapter 16. How do I avoid being offended? Realize it's a trap. Stay in control of myself. I can't answer for Sydney. I can't answer for her reaction and how she acts in the middle of this debate we're having. But I am responsible for me. I don't have to be offended. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. He who is slow to anger is better than a mighty, than better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Control yourself. Check yourself. You don't have to be mad, that's a choice. You don't have to be angry, that's a choice. You don't have to be offended, that's a choice. Oh, the opportunity will be there. And it'll go, oh, oh, oh. No, whoa, whoa, no. I'm not taking that bait because that thing's looking to snap my neck. So he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Look at this out of the, the same verse out of the Passion Translation. Do you want to be a mighty warrior? It's better to be known as one who is patient and slow to anger. Wow. Do you want to conquer a city? Rule over your temper before you attempt to rule a city. Man. Now, is this denying what they did? Is this living in some weird place where I act like I'm not offended? No, it's realizing, okay, boom, I'm offended. But I'm not taking the bait, Satan. I'm not doing it. Because I'm stronger. When I control my anger, I'm stronger than any warrior. And when I learn to control my temper, it's better than anyone who can control a whole city. So who's the stronger one in the fight? The one who fights back? Or the one who controls his anger? And chooses not to operate in the place. All right, lastly, you ready? We're going to close it here. And there's all kinds of more ways to overcome offense. But lastly, we have to cultivate a forgiving spirit. If we're going to be mature believers, we have to cultivate a mature, forgiving spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. All of us charismatic Pentecostal folks, we get excited when we hear this voice. You're going to grieve the Holy Ghost. If you don't let us flip and flop and lay out and speak in tongues. And, you know, here at the church, we're, we're, we're good with all that. Enjoy yourself. Have a good time with Holy Ghost. Come on. But this verse has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that at all. Grieving the Holy Spirit is not whether you jump up and down, shout, speak in tongues or anything. That's not what grieves the Holy Spirit. 
And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Verse 20, 31. Let all bitterness, now he's telling you what grieves the Holy Ghost. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, outbursts, and blasphemies with all malice be taken away from you. So what grieves the Holy Spirit in my life? Bitterness, anger, wrath, outbursts. Verse 32, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave you. Well, you like these all fluffy messages. You tell me what's stronger. Tell me what's stronger. Is it strength for me to just give you the tongue lashing you deserve because you offended me? Or is it strength for me to say, I'm not getting in that trap. So I'm just going to go over here. Who's in control of their spirit? The word says that if I can do that, I'm stronger than a warrior that can overtake a city. Ah, maybe we got this whole warrior mentality wrong. Amen? You can do it. I can do it. And when we stop this offense in our life, Stop being offended. Yeah, but half the time they don't even know they offended you. Yeah, but my feelings are hurt. Okay, get over it. That's a choice. Be mature. You wanted hard messages? (laughs) Here they are. Be mature. Grow up. That's called perfection. That's called maturity. And God has put it in you to do it. And you can. Amen? Amen. Amen.